Welcome to the podcast where we talk all about love. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Carly Ann. Let's be honest, nobody taught us about the challenges that come with finding and keeping healthy, happy relationships. Nobody warned us of the courage that you need to put yourself out there when dating, or gave us the tools to manage anxiety, or told us what the hell to do when we got ghosted. As two coaches working in this space, we want to open up the conversation and give our take into the real, messy, amazing, sometimes tiring and frustrating, but mainly an extraordinary journey that comes with creating the secure, lasting relationships that you deserve. Welcome back to All About Love. Thank you for tuning in again. Carly, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. I'm excited to talk all about heartbreak i really like this new thing we've got like this wasn't on purpose was it all about topic that's an accident yeah I all about heartbreak that. it's like friends <laughs> like you know how we title them it's like the, the one, one with, with the... heart the one yeah. with the heartbreak oh. <laughs> yeah we are guys we are talking about heartbreak today which we know can be such like an emotive heavy topic and actually what we decided and what our intention was with this episode is to keep it relatively light as well but actually offer you space and kindness and hope so whatever you're going through whatever stage you're at like you know if you have been seeing somebody for a couple of weeks and it hasn't worked out or you've come out of a 15 year marriage guys wherever you are just know that we've got you you are amazing and we're going to give you a little we're going to yeah hopefully give you some tips to move through that but we really do respect kind of what you're going through and where you are yeah and I already you're listening to this mm. that's already the kind of thing we would be encouraging someone to do I really God, I'm getting straight into it but surrounding yourself with this kind of language and these conversations I don't know what's led you here, but you're doing it without us prompting you to, because we're the outcome. You're the one that got yourself here. <laughs> yes. Like, cause I sometimes do think when you're in that state, right. It's like, where's the light at the end of the tunnel guys, you can see the light because you're actually, you're taking action already. You are tuning in, you're doing something for, why do I keep saying tuning in? Like we're on a radio. You are, <laughs> you put a podcast on which is absolutely amazing yeah and whether you are lying in bed right now you've got yourself up out on a walk wherever you are you might be on the bathroom floor you're here with us and that is what counts my god I'm feeling it. I'm feeling my old heartbreaks I know I just got the goose goose (laughs) she got the goosies guys I can't do what's happening I can't speak today (laughs) it's gonna be a carly only episode um let's get straight into it then what is your experience with heartbreak you just said you you were refeeling it all what's going on (laughs) what's going on wow (laughs) my therapist right i am heart like a heartbreak queen okay never the heartbreaker always the heartbreaky there might be people who could disagree with that because there's definitely been people that have been into me that I wasn't into but I I don't know I'm not one to I can't make any guesses but I've never with things that to me felt a bit more like something always the heartbreaky but you know what I think you do only really feel the ones where you're the heartbreaky (laughs) like feel the pain feel I 
you know what? I'm going to take that back. If you've done the heartbreaking, I know that can be really painful as well. But you know what I mean? We're in this one together. This is a topic on heartbreak. So always crushing. They were always, you know, pull away after a certain amount of dates. Or I've been heartbroken over people who literally didn't even kiss me. Mm. <laughs> I've been heartbroken after a long-term relationship. Heartache, because in hindsight, the shock was very heartbreaking. And I've been heartbroken from crushes numerous times. <laughs> on the bathroom floor can't had to call in sick like can't cope crying in the bathroom at work all of it it sounds like that was a massive part of your experience and with love that kind of almost identity is the heartbreaky kind of feeding into all the romantic experiences honestly I remember with this one guy my friend she lived in Australia at the time and I was on the phone to her afterwards and I just said to her like Am I going to have to go through this again? And she actually said, I think you are. I thought, oh, shit. And I did, did go through it again, actually. But who knows? Like, because even now, like, I still fear heartbreak. So I only said, I said to you recently, didn't I? It's only now that I'm really starting to allow myself to imagine what if this relationship is forever. Yeah. And that's taken a lot because I fear the heartbreak. That's such a lovely thing to admit and talk about mm, probably a whole other topic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no yeah so I can relate to the heartbreak what about you okay so my husband I'd say is the first person I've ever loved properly well romantic figure obviously you know do you love like friends and family but the so looking back now the kind of obsessive almost um unrequited love from from crushes as you called them or the the mini heartbreaks I go through every time it didn't work out or you know um I kind of had like one vague boyfriend for three months and that was it but like the attachment and the obsession and the inability to let that go felt heartbreaking at the time but actually in retrospect it was very much driven by that that kind of anxiety and that need and that the I feel like more the attachment element rather than the actual heartbreak because I loved someone. So it's quite interesting looking back now. And for me, I think it was, it's the mini heartbreaks. It's the mini, uh, you know, and and for anybody going through that, that's not me minimizing what you're experiencing, but the, the I, I perhaps felt far more upset than the reality lent itself. You know, if I'd been on, a few dates or it'd been a couple of months and it didn't work out and yeah I remember sitting on my bedroom floor again being like why me when is this going to stop and it was never really about them was it it's always about you um what's happening with you your past and I felt it always came from that slightly deeper place of you know childhood things and and my past rather than the romantic situation in front of me so that's my experience with it yeah, mine's similar to that, actually, in terms of my experience of heartbreak was actually the anxiety yeah. labeled it as that. And even now what I'm saying about that fear of heartbreak, I know that that's my anxiety. Mm. So, and there was something else I want to say. Yeah, the two differences in a breakup after the long term and the short term was like the short term, it was just like, just really losing like the potential of something and not getting the chance like that was so frustrating, I guess. 
with the long-term breakup i remember the pain being it was a lot more fear there was a lot more fear about my future because with the short-term ones my life didn't really change because a lot of it with them was in my head anyway so the reality of my life often didn't change it was just the idea whereas the longer term a lot changed a lot more triggers a lot more had to move all of the things you know moving house living with new people thinking all of the things so they're the two experiences i would say with them that came up as you were talking yeah the huge upheaval isn't it because i do you know for anybody who where you've entwined your lives together kind of getting out of that is massive but i loved what you said there about the losing hope it's a losing hope for the future and sometimes I think that's why it's so hard to let go of those people it's so hard it can feel you know you can feel like you're going mad like why are you obsessed with somebody you're on three dates with and it is the it's the it's the heartbreak over the future it's the heartbreak over what hasn't happened the potential the potential security the feeling like you could finally stop dating you know, the future that you have maybe built up in your head. And that is painful, isn't it? Even just saying that, having to let go of the future. Yeah. And I think as well as that, when it's the short term where it didn't really, maybe it didn't even take off the ground or it didn't get that much of a chance, you didn't get to see how it played out. Whereas in the longer term relationship, you did see how it played out. They do know who you are. I remember the biggest fear being like, this person doesn't know me. They didn't even get the chance to see me or know me. And that was really frustrating. I don't really remember that in the long term relationship. Because although Mm. there's many things he didn't really know about me, it wasn't that same kind of, I wasn't even myself. I didn't even get to be vulnerable. Just this fake person trying to get them to like me. Yeah, the, it almost feels a bit unfair, isn't it? It's like, yeah. why didn't you even give me a chance? You know, if you'd have done this, it could have worked. If I'd have done this, it could have worked. And for me, I think that, because I agree, like you do, to a certain extent, put on a performance, don't you? Like, especially in those early dates, those early stages, you're the, the cool girl or the sparkly girl or whatever yeah. it is. And just to interrupt just so that you know what I mean. And with those people I was dating, I did not know who I was at those points. Yeah. I would actually really, really mirror that. Sometimes I still think, do I know who I am? And I do, but I forget. (laughs) (laughs) That feeling of being like lost, isn't it? I know, but and then you add heartbreak to the mix. Mm. When you're heartbroken, like it is one of the hardest things to go through, but everyone goes through it. So sometimes I just think there has to be a reason. Okay, this is going to get quite deep in life where it's the craziest thing anyway, whatever it is. And most people experience heartbreak. What, like, what is that all about? There must be a reason why we all go through this majorly painful thing, like sometimes several times, you know? And I guess that's going to link into one of our yeah. ideas about how to move through. But even that itself is like compassion, isn't it? To know that if you're going through it, someone's been there before you. Someone's sadly going to be there after you. Many people listen to this podcast, I'm sure, if you've picked the title, is going through it with you. But I do, I do think that they say, don't think that heartbreak can be your biggest teacher and can be your biggest learner. And 
without wanting to kind of skip forward to the tips and things I do really really agree and for me it was again one of those mini heartbreaks right that that started my own expansion and learning and actually you know for me again not to get too deep but heartbreak as I said it wasn't about the person when I looked into it it is the abandonment wound isn't it and I do wonder how many people have that kind of you know deeper perhaps wounding or the fact that we just all yearn to be part of something don't we 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 never want to be rejected we always want to be safe and part of um you know a couple or a community or whatever it is so when that's taken away it can feel like your whole foundations have been rocked shall we dive into some of our I I don't know if they do you call them tips I don't know (laughs) but how we support ourselves and other people when we go through this tragic time in our lives that we do all tend to go through kick us off do it so one of the most lovely things I heard um can't remember who it was from but they said treat your heart as if you would a broken bone because if you break your arm or your leg, whatever, would you be beating yourself up saying, I can't run yet? Would you be trying to walk on it immediately? You know, actually, what would you do? What What is the space you would give yourself? Because you would go to a doctor, you would go to hospital, you would get a cast, you'd accept that for six weeks, you can't do very much, right? So for me, Looking at it from that lens means that you will be far more accepting of the time that you need. You will be far more gentle with yourself. You will really get into that space of treating the process and the healing process from a place of self-love rather than the shoulds, the time, you know, beating yourself because it's been a couple of months, you don't feel a certain way. You know, I think coming at it from that perspective for me, first and foremost, the self-love thing is crucial. Yeah. The whole process where if you're identifying as being heartbroken right now, and especially those early stages where you haven't started to even find yourself feeling steady yet, you know, struggling to function, self-love, it has to be number one. Like slowness, feeding yourself, rest, doesn't have to be sleep if you can't sleep, rest is great. I was working with someone recently really in the thick of heartbreak and anxious attachment and honestly one of her takeaways homework if you like was to warm her soup up because she was barely eating and wasn't even warming it up that was the warm like you are worthy of warm soup so look beyond like all of the big things it's the most basic needs so I'm 100% with you on self-love well, because they say, don't you, as soon as something rocks you and your mental health starts to really suffer, the first things that go are the basic human needs, right, which is sleep, exercise, food and connection. So thinking about it in those really simple terms, it's not about going and doing a load of affirmations, telling yourself you're worthy. It's actually about can you sleep at all? Can you perhaps go for a walk or walk around your house or get dressed or have a shower? You know, can you make sure you're eating three meals a day or one meal a day? Can you do something? Can you, as you said, even a hot drink? 
like can you phone a friend or send a text the most basic things it's okay if you're usually capable of so much more and I remember for me this is after the bigger breakup this was a huge turning point in my whole life I was 29 and I remember I don't know where I got the strength but it was the strength to go on a walk and once I got on that walk, I just realized I feel a bit better. And realizing that meant, okay, so it was the right thing to get on this walk. I'm not saying I felt good. I was still like a zombie, but I felt a bit better than I did when I had been lying at home in bed. Yeah. Again, we're talking relatively, right? So where you are and if you if you have to move kind of through the the zombie stage and actually you are feeling quite good or whatever use that self-love then let's let's level up in that area you know let's really lean into that let's drown yourselves in affirmations let's do amazing things for yourself whatever you can do to make yourself feel worthy feel amazing feel special do more yeah. of it and I think a non-negotiable for everybody going through this one thing a day you have to do one thing a day that is an act of self-love and whether that looks like warming that soup going for that walk or putting on a sparkling dress and dancing around your house and going out whatever it is because we'll all be at different points and whilst they're on my mind can I just share a couple of things that really helped me in that early stage where it's yeah, like that course. It was, I remember, because probably I couldn't come up with the affirmations myself, I'm not sure, but I was just writing quotes over and over again, quotes of just support. And my friend sent me this little package and it was a quote a day. And my other friend sent me a package of like a morning routine. It was like a mug because I said it was the hardest in the morning. And that's it, isn't it? Know when it's the hardest, just whilst that comes up, like know when it's the hardest. When do you need more self-love? Is it the morning? Like mornings are morning and going to bed can be so hard actually i'm maybe i'm talking about triggers yeah i do think this is a separate from self-love starting to think about your triggers around the heartbreak i think is another really really important tip because triggers are everywhere even if it's a short-term relationship or something one day triggers can be just seeing another relationship if it's a relationship where like you lived together you were married whatever it might be I mean literally you can't walk down the street with maybe without seeing a place that you used to go they're everywhere and there isn't any getting away from that so when people like how do I stop the triggers unfortunately when it comes to this social media for every, they're easily accessible they're immediately with us mm -hmm. and so I think there's plenty of different tips around this that we can discuss but just for the very first sort of foundations it's knowing triggers are likely to be everywhere and when you get triggered you're going to feel an emotional response you're going to remember them you might feel angry you might feel sad depends what comes up depends what the trigger is and even the more awareness you have around that, so if we take that example of walking down the street and seeing a coffee shop right where you used to go, if we know that that is going to bring it up for you, the next time you see that coffee shop, you will be more emotionally prepared. So the emotional response might be a little bit less. So a 
kind of as Carly said, the more we can bring in, the more we start to understand our process, the more we can kind of protect ourselves and arm ourselves with, you know, a more a gentle response or bring in more self-love during that time or whatever it might be. But I would also maybe go one step further with this and gently suggest that there are certain triggers you can manage and you do have a little bit more in your control such as social media if your ex or your other romantic past romantic love interest is over on your instagram you have the right to say with love i need to block you whilst i'm in this space it's not out of hatred or resentment it's out of self-love for me so removing people from your social media space with love clearing out mementos clothes whatever it might be in your physical space um and really getting clear actually on on kind of the triggers that we do have a little bit of control over yeah and if you're worried about how that looks or will that look like you care or you want them to think this you're not loving yourself enough there love yourself more if your intentions is to protect yourself or to you know feel better in this difficult time love yourself more even if that means that you might look like it cares or doesn't care or whatever this is about you and you know what i think some triggers can be avoided and it is okay to avoid some triggers especially in the early stages you don't have to i remember there was a situation where this i was going to be in the same place as this person and the most loving thing to me felt like not going and i remember my friend said to me don't you think it would be better for you to go it's like not at this time in the future when i feel stronger yes but not at this time the most loving thing for me actually does feel like to avoid that right now it's too raw so i think it's okay to do that and I get the people that might be saying, but I work with the person or, you know, we've got kids. That is really difficult. That is so difficult, mm. especially the kids that, that there you're going to be crossing paths. I have one example where um, a previous client, we were in the heartbreak cycle and a very long time relationship. And again, a, a child was involved. So for her, she knew that she had to when she was ready at some point we built a relationship right with with to co-parent but managing triggers for her was setting some boundaries about when they could come round what the time frame looked like so she could kind of emotionally and mentally prepare herself and it the you know the perhaps interaction was a little bit more under her control so even thinking about boundaries in this space that's it and you know, look around yourself. And some of you, you might choose to take radical action if you work with the person. You're not losing. It's not a game of who wins if you choose to go and work somewhere else, if you're protecting your energy. You know, you might make radical change in the sense of moving house or whatever it might be. However, if they're not possibilities, and I do think there's something to be said just about looking around your environment and just seeing what you can do to make it slightly different you know to make it so that it reminds you a bit less of them so creating your own routines getting something new in your environment like changing it in some way so that it's not because you're going from something being two people to one right routines are going from two to one 
important a lot of the time in breakups. And so I think really just looking around you and thinking outside the box. Which you know one thing um, that's come up actually time and time again when I've been working on this is everyone changes their sofa. Really? Yeah. It is that though. It is like paint the front room, you know. Obviously, we're talking there about mm. um, how living together, aren't we? But yeah. you can apply that. You get the point that we're making. Change Definitely. the sofa. Because the sofa became the symbol for where you spent time together, the cuddling, the intimacy, watching TV together. So actually, yes, yeah, we said changing, changing up the sofa, exactly. which I think maybe when we're talking about radical action, actually, when you're perhaps ready to do that, it's a really good point to go on to the third point. Get your hair cut. <laughs> no, no we do really. not recommend a heartbreak induced haircut do unless, not i love a right? heartbreak haircut that's when you like something's shifting in that moment you're like ready to like i love that feeling yeah but like i've had some awful haircuts based out of you know heartbreak and feeling sad i can't say a haircut where i've been in the throes of despair has been any better than... oh i find it quite empowering to me i think it's the sign of like I'm like I think for me personally it's when I'm stepping into like you know what some kind of acceptance yeah it's it's the ready it's the ready for change isn't it yeah it's that it's that really juicy bit where it's like yeah fuck you yeah (laughs) it's the it's that energy that we want I'm going back out yeah okay so what about then when the time is right we get into that expansion yeah it's the newness. It's the, what did you call it early, Kalia? Kalia. Kalia? <laughs> oh, God. You what? didn't change it either. You were just going to go with it. I know. I just thought it would be over. I think no one was going to notice. <laughs> so when the time is right, when we're ready for that change, when we feel that, whether it's fuck you energy or embracing energy or whatever, you know, we can use this as an opportunity for learning and growth yeah and we we're saying like when the time is right because we're trying to be like good coaches that aren't too toxic and forcing (laughs) and oh let's be honest that's what we're doing i'll tell you something i had this niggly feeling really early on when um i went through my breakup and i had this feeling of like this is not going to be worth nothing there is no way and I knew that this was for good I knew this was for good and I was like this is not going to be worth nothing and through every breakup I'm always one to be like okay I know that there's something bigger something better for me I'm scared to say that because of the message around toxic positivity and all of those things but that's my truth and I'm not putting that on anyone But my God, when I see the possibility and the lessons and the opportunity and the the stories that people have after heartbreak, it really, really helps me. We're not minimizing the experience. We're not minimizing the heartbreak by saying, find the lesson, find the edge, find the growth. But whether it's, as you said, pretty quickly or whether it takes 10 years to get there, finding not why it had to happen but finding out how you've grown as a person from it you know what it taught you about yourself what it taught you about love what it taught you about what you really need like all of those 
questions like lean into that kind of yeah. when when we're there when and you will know when this time is it might be quite quickly it might take a long time to get to that point but you will know and what do you want next what has this shown you that you want and what has it shown you that you don't want now you might be we know how heartbreak works there are certain mind traps that we fall into so you might be really stuck on all the great things about the relationship and what you've lost and what's not going to happen we have to be really really intentional to focus also on what can come from this and what you really truly want for yourself there's nothing like being cracked wide open to for some reason is when we can sometimes really build ourselves back and what is it that they say that sometimes the comeback is better than the fall or something yeah and you you don't have to look that far to see how many people's like great great stories come from heartbreak i bet there's loads of podcasts that are titled like pay my power after podcast or my I don't know, uh, my power after heartbreak or my life change after heartbreak, whatever it is. For me, everything that I'm doing now, it wouldn't have happened. My I started a business when that relationship broke ended. That it wouldn't have happened without that. I'm almost certain. Well, so yeah. it can there's so much that can come out of it. And yeah, I'm not gonna justify the pain thing. I think we're very compassionate people. People know that we care about you and your heart, but I believe that there is so much more for you outside of this relationship. I just do. I agree. I agree. Which nicely leads us on to the fourth point. Yes, inner work. Like this, I think it is um, Guy Winch who says, he does a lot of work around like heartbreak mm. and Either he's talking about like rock bottoms, heart, whatever it is. But when we have heartbreak, that's the time that people will often really build themselves back up. And for some reason, suddenly have these insights that you didn't have before. And so I think it is a, such a good opportunity to start to look at yourself. What do you enjoy? What lights you up? It's very similar to the one before. And we were saying about the yes year. I actually had a yes year. I remember I went skiing, I went to Barbados, um, and that might sound really like privileged, but that's because I had savings from doing nothing when I was in my relationship. And I, was, well, I don't know what I was saving for. And then after the relationship, I was like, no, I'm gonna spend some of this money. I love that, have your yes year. Yeah. I think there's something really beautiful, especially if you are out of a long-term relationship, if there has been a marriage involved, if there has been kids involved, you know, you ultimately then have to find out who you are outside that relationship, which means rediscovering yourself. It means, again, we always go back to this point, but allowing for new possibilities and it's figuring out a new identity, who you want to be, where, you know, what parts of you got dimmed in that relationship? What parts of you did you really like? Like, where do we want to grow? Where do we want to step in? But you get to refigure out who you are, which is yeah. really really exciting or even just come home to yourself exactly and you can do that whilst being heartbroken yeah so we have to grieve still and you can't decide when that's going to hit you that holiday that I went on to Barbados that was just 
coincidence that my friend was going through a breakup as well and her mum this is someone I went to school with I haven't seen them for years and her mum was like come to Barbados with us and I was like fuck it yeah I'm going to I was still really sad on that holiday I was just sad in Barbados (laughs) (laughs) I knew where I'd rather be sad (laughs) do you know what the ski holiday as well that was incredible because you had to focus on skiing so that was actually better than being in Barbados because you had to focus on the skiing. You couldn't be thinking about your heartbreak. Just and when you got to the bottom, you'd like burst into tears again. No, I'm kidding. But that's a really good point, actually. When we're having the yes year, when you're ready to move, when you're ready to bring new things in, get busy. Get busy. Try new things. Try new get things. Busy. Explore new things. Go to new places. It's not about distracting it and shoving it all down but it's about allowing yourself for whether it's in five minutes, an hour, a day, a week to focus on something new that brings you a new experience or brings you joy. Exactly. And even if you know, but I'm going to go home tonight and feel like crap again, this is a bit like that, you know, treating depression, low mood. It still counts that you got out and managed to see the world a little bit. I know that you're going to go back in and perhaps feel that sadness again, we need you to feel it. We need you to grieve. We can't, it's like you say, we're not just distracting. It's just, we're also seeing, we've got to give ourselves the opportunity to reach the acceptance and the kind of lifting stage again. Definitely. And you know what we're always saying about how um, fear and excitement can exist at the same time. Positive thoughts, negative thoughts can exist at the same time, right? The grief and the new possibilities the new beginnings the you know exploring things they get to exist at the same time as well which actually I think is really important here to say in our final point is that you will kind of be on a little bit of a cycle it will be waves so remember to always go back to that element of self-love of coming from that place of compassion ride out the sadness ride out the waves it doesn't mean it's going to be forever what really helped me was naming that wave Mm. so when I was in absolute despair knowing okay this is because you know like the sort of process of loss and change yeah when it was depression the depression part being like okay this my thoughts are like this and I feel like this because this is depression whether it's five minutes or six hours later when you're so angry at that thing that they said or that you didn't do or that you should have done or okay I'm in the anger I don't need to message them because this is going to pass I'm in the anger an hour later when you suddenly feel a bit excited maybe I am going to date again okay great now I'm in that lifting stage (laughs) just name where you're at and the other thing that you said so important is knowing that we don't stay here forever if you've been here a really long time and often that's for you to do that inner work there's something else going on there you don't have to keep going through this you'll probably if it's happened that many times or it's been going on that long you probably have reached your stage of self-help and now you need help from someone else yeah definitely as I said right at the beginning right I realized that the the level of emotions and the frequency of emotions that I was feeling in comparison to the situation for me I knew that there was something deeper going on um, and I had to do that that exploring and that healing 
in order to get myself to the next level where I was perhaps more ready for the relationship that was maybe going to be forever. Exactly. Shall we go through kind of the fun and sort of summarize them a little bit, what we've said? Let's so we had loving yourself, being aware of and taking care of your triggers, block them if you need to block them. When the time is right, seeing the opportunity, seeing the growth with change comes loss, but also something new, the inner work, your yes year. And then what we've just said there, I would say a kind of fifth tip is feel it as it comes, grieve, you're human. And yeah, they're, they're kind of the five main tips I think we've covered today. Yeah. Well, guys, we hope that has, even if you've taken one thing from it, which is that you had half an hour or an hour out of your day where you were helping yourself, you were doing something for yourself, take that as a massive win. But we hope that you have got one thing at least from today's episode. Thank you so much as always. Um, and please do rate, subscribe and review. We would love, 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 love to be able to do more episodes, put more into the podcast, build a bigger community. Um, speaking of which, we are running an event in July the 1st. We're running a one-day retreat out of London, out of the city. We're going to be on the river, in nature. We're going to be bringing all the magic. It is about manifesting, manifesting everything you want to call it, but especially love. So stay tuned for more information and please do join the waitlist. <laughs>